we're going to be in Colossians. Um, hopefully you caught up on part one uh, because we're picking up uh, in chapter one. And I believe we stopped at verse 14. We've went through 14 and now we're starting back um, at 15. So, okay, book of Colossians, this is part two, chapter one, verse 15. Um, so remember in the introduction, we talked about how the, the, the main point, the main reason, the main theme of the book of Colossians is, is, is really to identify uh, uh, Jesus, who Jesus is. Uh, there was a big debate among believers, uh, especially post-death, about Jesus, who he was. Was, was he fully divine? Was he fully human? Uh, we went through the, the three big discussion points uh, and the three big uh, theological thoughts uh, in the introduction. So if you missed those, you can go back to the Buzzsprout and you'll, you'll see the big three uh, theological points um, uh, there as far as who people uh, the groups that they, uh, the, the, the thoughts uh, that they were forming regarding who Jesus was. So again, <clears throat> the big question was who Jesus is. Now, when we pick up Colossians 1 verse 15, we're, 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 we're back or we're at the point now where it's starting to be substantiated, you know, who Jesus was. Uh, and this, again, this was a big deal. This, this was a big deal, but it wasn't the first time that this uh, discussion uh, of who Jesus was had happened. This was a big deal, even when Jesus was alive. Now I got to warn you, we're going to do a lot of Bible flipping tonight. Okay. And so if somebody wants to write down the scriptures that I say, and, and, and you guys want to take notes and then go back to read it, that's fine. Whatever works for you, or you can go back to the bus route and read it, but we're going to do a lot of Bible flipping tonight. Okay. And so, and so, and so this question of who Jesus was, uh, what Jesus was all about, wasn't something that was new to the church post Jesus's death. Okay. This question about who he was and what he was all about and was he divine and all sorts of kind of stuff. This was stuff that, that these were questions that they had even uh, as Jesus was alive. Um, and so let's establish this. Okay. We want to establish it with, with, with going to, with going to the word. Okay. So the big question, who was Jesus? It was a big deal. Even when he was alive, go to Matthew 16, 13 through 20. Okay. Matthew 16, 13 through 20. I'll say it again. Matthew 16, uh, uh, 13 through, through 20. All right. Now watch this. When Jesus came, I'm reading from the NLT. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea, Philippi, he asked the disciples, um, who do people say the son of man is? So here's Jesus asking the disciples, who are people saying I am? And the only reason he would ask that question is because there must have been much discussion about who he was. Again, this was not a new uh, a concept of people questioning who in the world Jesus was. Uh, well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, others say Jeremiah, or one say uh, one of the other prophets. But then he asked them, but who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And so we see that this question of who Jesus was, by the time we get to the church with the Colossians, that it was not a new question. It was a question even when Jesus was alive. Let's keep, let's keep substantiating it, right? Uh, Matthew uh, 11. Matthew 11, we'll start at verse 2 and we'll go to 5. Matthew 11, verse 2, uh, and we'll go to 5. Watch this and, and, see, and see who's the one questioning right here. John the Baptist, who was in prison, heard about all the things the Messiah was doing. So he sent his disciples to ask Jesus, are you the Messiah we've been experience, uh, expecting or should we keep looking for someone else? And so here we, we see we see Jesus asking, who do people say I am? Who do men say I am? Then we see this example where even John the Baptist was wondering, okay, is this guy Jesus Christ? Is he the Christ? Is he the Messiah? Is he the one who's supposed to deliver us? Or should we be looking for someone else? Okay, here we go. Let's establish it even further. Matthew 8, 27. Matthew 8, 27. 
Matthew 8, 27. We were here a little bit uh, this past Sunday. He says, he says, uh, uh, this is after Jesus, what? Calms the storm, right? And the disciples were, were afraid. So we go to Matthew 8, 27. He says, the disciples were amazed. Who is this man? They asked, even the winds and the waves obey him. So even they, uh, uh, seeing Jesus do what he does, were still asking the question, who is this, right? And so we see that as the same way that who Jesus is and the divinity of Jesus, the humanity of Jesus, all these questions surrounding Jesus weren't just new questions uh, to the New Testament church post Jesus's death. These were questions that were being asked while Jesus was what? Here on earth. Let's go to Luke 23. And this will be the last, the last little substantiation scripture we'll use for this, uh, for this point. Matthew 23, uh, two through three. Watch this. Here's Jesus on trial. So Pilate asked him, who asked him, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus replied, you have said it. Pilate turned to the leading priest of the crowd and said, I find nothing wrong with this, with this man. So here we go. So now he's on trial and Pilate says, are you the king of the Jews? And so we see that throughout Jesus's life, after Jesus's death, and then in the establishment of the new uh, church, that it was still a question of who Jesus was, right? And the issue in the church went all the way up to, and you can write this down in your notes if you want to, to uh, 325 AD, okay? Uh, this is early church history. This is past the book of Acts. 325 AD at what was called the Council of Nicaea. And there were two councils of Nicaea, right? Now, the first council of Nicaea was uh, where they wanted to establish once and for all what the church believed about Jesus. And that sounds crazy now, right? It sounds weird now, but we're going to dive in a little deeper into that. And they came up with what was known as the Nicene Creed. And basically it says, we believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten son of God, begotten of the father before all the world, light of light, very, uh, very God of very God begotten, not made, uh, who for us men and for our uh, salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary, by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary, uh, and was made man. And so this was what they said, we're going to come up once and for all, because we can't have all these Christians walking around saying Jesus was fully man, and he wasn't divine, or that he was all divine, and he wasn't really human, he wasn't really alive. They said, no, this is what we believe um, as the church. And the question still almost haunts us to this day about who does the church say that Jesus Christ is? Is he the person who just gives me what I want? Uh, is he the person that does whatever I ask him to do? Is he, is he just a partner in this life that is here to make everything that I want and everything I want to do better? Or is he Lord? Is he a person, is he a, a person or a being of deity? Does he have authority? Does he have control? Does he have power? Uh, is he, is he like a master? Is he a chief? Is he a ruler? Is he someone that I submit to? Or is he more like someone who submits to me? Now watch this. Uh, this is not a question sometimes that we even have to uh, uh, examine our verbal responses because a lot of times we know what to say. But you know that there's a, there's a lot more to communication than just what you say. Sometimes there's nonverbal communication. There's the way we act and the way that we do and the way that we live that says something about what we believe, even if we don't say it, watch this, out of our mouths. And the same way Jesus says, who do men say that I am? And that they came up where they say this, they say that, well, some are saying this and some are saying that. We can come up with a billion and one things that people people are saying about Jesus right now, even people who are in the church, but it doesn't even matter what they say I am. Jesus then turned to his disciples and said, well, who do you say that I am? And that's one of the questions that every single one of us right here on this call in this Bible study have to be prepared to answer when God, when Jesus, when God asks you, when Jesus asks you, who do you say I, Perrin, who do you say I am? Brenda, who do you say I am? 
who do you say I am? And, and it's not necessarily about what we say out of our mouths because we said this again, we know how to say the right thing. Even Jesus says, they will say, you know, uh, Lord, Lord. They say Lord, Lord with their mouths, but their hearts are from far from me. And sometimes we can say the right thing with our, with our mouths because we know the right thing to say. But the question is, what does our nonverbal communication say about who we say he is not what I say out of my mouth because I grew up in church. I can tell you the church stuff. Listen, you, you, you put me on the stage, give me a microphone and I can make people shout in 10 seconds because I know what to say to make them do it. So it has nothing to do with what you say because we sometimes we know what to say. But the question is, how does my actions, what I'm doing in life, what does my nonverbal communication say to the question? Well, now, who do you say I am? How do I handle the uncertainty? Do I handle the uncertainty of life like he is Lord? Do I handle the tough time? I see you, parent. How do I handle the tough times in life like he is Lord? Watch this. Do I handle the good times in life like he is Lord? Do I handle lack like he is Lord? Do I handle prosperity like he is Lord? When I'm sick, do I handle it like he is Lord? When I'm lonely, do I handle it like he is Lord? When I am in need, do I handle it like he is Lord? How do, do you handle your life? Is your nonverbal communication to answer that question? Does it line up with what you say you believe? that I believe he is Lord. And that's the question that was before the Coloss- the church in Colossians, uh, the Colossians uh, and the church in Colossians. And that's the question that is before us today. Almost moment by moment, day by day, when we wake up, decision by decision, uh, my mood, my feelings. Sometimes I, I'm feeling it. Sometimes I'm not. Sometimes I'm up. Sometimes I'm down. And But but when I'm down, I still have to act, answer the question with my verbal communication and my nonverbal communication and my actions who do who will I say he is about this? Okay. And that can be a that can be a good filter when you're going through things and your mind's going crazy or your feelings are going crazy or, 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 or your faith is lacking and you're trying to pray for something and you're trying to believe, but it's hard to believe. You can you can remember we do these statements and these declarations. You can write this down in your in your notepads and your books and your little tablets and say moment by moment, decision by decision, decision when I'm weak, I can ask the question, who will I say he is about this? Or who will I say he is about this situation that I'm going through right now? Okay, so let's jump back into Colossians, Colossians 1, 15. And so we see that this is the question that's being asked. And this is why Paul spends so much time trying to uh, uh, dive into who he is. I'm going to read it. Here we go. He says, uh, 15, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. Okay, so now he's starting to lay it down. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was uh, created and is supreme over all creation. Verse 16, watch this. He says, for through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. This is the NLT version, by the way. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, uh, uh, and authorities in the unseen world. Remember, we talked about the unseen world uh, just recently, I think, wrapping up uh, Ephesians, right? Uh, Everything was created, watch this, through uh, him and for him. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. Amen? And now we'll go to 18. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is first in everything, okay? Now watch this. Let's break this down a little bit further. Let's go back to verse 15, because I want you to see this where this is being established by Paul. I want to go back to the scriptures and show how how this is being established, right? Now watch this, verse 15. He says, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God, okay? So he is the visible image of the invisible God. Turn to John 14, 1 through 14. This is Jesus's words, okay? We're going to go to John 14, 1 through 14. So we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna flip a little bit. 
John 14. But I figured it's okay to do that because it is Bible study. <clears throat> Here we go. I see you, Krista. Thank you for that. That was good. Um, verse, uh, uh, chapter 14, verse 1, we're going to go all the way through 14. Here's Jesus. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's home. Uh, if this were not, <clears throat> if this were not so, I would have, uh, would have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you. When everything is ready, I will come and get you uh, so that you will always uh, be with me where I am. And you know the way to where I am going. He's, and, and then it says, no, we don't uh, know, Lord, Thomas said. We have no idea where you are going. So how, can, uh, we, so how can we know the way? Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. If you had really known me, you would know who my Father is. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Okay, so watch this. Jesus says, if you had really known me, you would know who my Father is. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the father and we'll be satisfied. Now, here's Jesus. Jesus replied, I have been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am. Anyone who has seen me has seen the father. This is again, this is Paul saying in Colossians that he is the he, he, he is the, 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 the picture or the uh, uh, he is the, the image of the invisible God. OK, now watch this. He says, so why are you asking me to show him to you? Uh, uh, don't you believe that I am the that I am in the father and the father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but the father who what lives in me does his work. What? Through me, just believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me, or at least believe because of the work that you have seen me do. So believe from the words, I'm trying to tell you this, you have seen it, or at least believe because of what you've seen me do, right? And, and, and sometimes that's the encouragement that we need in our present day, where it's like, okay, I understand you're struggling in your faith, but can you at least believe that I got you now based on how I had you before, okay? Based on the works that you've seen me do, can you please trust me, Charmaine, with this right now, okay? Based on what you've seen me do, parent, based on what you've seen me do, Brenda, can you still trust me based on the works that you, can you still believe in me then? So here's Jesus articulating in John 14, verse one through 14, that he is the image of the invisible God, that if you've seen the father, if you've seen me, then you've seen the father. Why are you asking me to show you him when you're looking at him right now, you see him in me, okay? That's verse 15, because remember, he's establishing who Jesus is. Let's go to verse 16. He says, for through him, God, this is Colossians 1, for through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms uh, on, uh, and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, authorities, and the unseen world. Everything was created through him uh, and for him. Now turn to John 1, John 1, 3. This is Paul establishing this, right? And we're just going back to the scriptures uh, 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 to, to, to back it up. Watch this, John 1, uh, 3. Here's what John said. He says, God created everything through him. He's talking about Jesus. Because watch this, we'll go, to, we'll go to verse one. He says, in the beginning was the word, the word already existed. The word was with God. And the word, what? Was God, right? And so now the word was what? Made flesh. Now watch this, he says, in, he existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him. Talking about the word, talking about Jesus. And nothing was created except through him. Watch this. And the word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. And so here it is him establishing again, the fact that through him and for him, all things were what? 
created. Now watch this. Let's go to Revelations 4, 4.11. Revelation 4.11. Watch this. And keep your finger on Revelation because we're going to come, come back a couple times. Revelation 4.11, right? Watch this. Uh, uh, you can start at 9 if you want to, but we're just going to jump in at 11. He says, you are worthy, O Lord, o, o, o Lord, our God, to receive glory and honor and power. Watch this. For you created what? All things, and they exist because you created what you pleased. And again, this is this is this is these are two different reference points that are just verifying the same thing that Paul said that through him all things were what created. Now let's go to verse seventeen. Verse seventeen says, "He is before all things, and in him all things are held together." Okay, he is before all things, and in him all things are held together. Let's go back to Revelation one eight. Revelation 1.8, he says, I am Alpha and the Omega, the what? The beginning and the end, says the Lord. I am the one who is, who always was, and the one who is still to come, the Almighty One. And so when he says what? That he, that, that, that what? He was what? Before all things, okay? And he's at what? At the end of all things. Hebrews 12.2 says he is the author and the finisher of what? Of our faith. You can write that down. So we see, so again, this is Paul just establishing this stuff about Jesus being what? Jesus, number one, is the image of the invisible God, that all things were created by him and all things were created for him, right? And then we see that what? That he was before all things and at the end of all things. Now watch this, verse 18. You got to see this. And he is the head of the body, right? The church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead so that in everything he might have supremacy, right? Now let's turn to Romans. Actually, no, in fact, no, no, let's stay in Revelation. Revelation 1, 5, then we'll go to Romans because we already, I've already got my thing in Revelation. Revelation, let me do, let me do the change. Here we go. Uh, verse 5, uh, Revelation 1, 5. Oh, it's there, it's there. <clears throat> I'll start at four. This letter is from John to the seven churches in the province of Asia. Grace and peace to you from the one who is, who always was, and who is still to come. We just we just covered that in a different verse, right? From the seven-fold uh, spirit before his throne and from Jesus Christ. Watch this. He is the faithful witness to these things, the first to rise from the dead and ruler of all kings of this world. Now, remember, this is written in Colossians, and here it is given to, 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 to John um, uh, in this vision in Revelation, that he is saying the exact same thing. And from Jesus, he is the faithful witness to these things, the first to rise from the dead, and the ruler of all the kings of this world. We just read in, in Colossians at 18, which says he is the head of the body, the church. He is the, the what? The beginning and the firstborn from among the dead. This was, this was also written right here in Revelation, so that in everything he might have supremacy. And it says what in Revelation? and the ruler of all the kings of the world. That sounds like supremacy. Let's go to Romans 8. Let's go to Romans 8. Romans 8, Romans 8, Romans 8, uh, 29. Because again, we're talking about the supremacy and being the firstborn among the dead. Watch this. He says, for God knew his people in advance and he chose them to become like his son so that his son would be the what? 
firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Okay, now watch this. Having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And having called them, he gave them the right standing with himself. And having given them right standing, he gave them glory. So we see the whole thing, the firstborn. We see the supremacy, right? Firstborn of the dead. We see the head of the church. We see that he was before all things. We see that he was after all things. We see that he's the visible uh, 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 sign or the, the visible image of the invisible God, firstborn of all creatures. And so we see how Paul is establishing this stuff this isn't just stuff that he's making up. This is stuff that's been established about Jesus through the words of Jesus himself, but then even later on in Revelation reestablished, okay, through this vision. All right, here we go. Um, um, here's what's interesting. It's, it's, it's not really that by happenstance or by any kind of accident um, that, that the verses that we see in Revelation line up with some of these same verses that we see in Colossians, especially when we look at Colossians 1 starting at verse 15. Why? Because Colossians was written, as we saw in the introduction, as a statement and as an establishment and as a defense of who Jesus is, right? The book of Revelation was given to what revealed Jesus as the Son of God and as the King. And so it's, it's, it, and so it's, it's, it's not by accident that the language in both of these books line up because both of them are revealing and establishing who Jesus Christ is. Do we see the correlation between the two, between the, those, the, that group of scriptures there in Colossians and, 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 and what it says in Revelations? We see that, right? Okay, now watch this. In the vision of how Jesus will be revealed uh, there at the end. Let's go to verse 19 in Colossians. It's time, time is moving. Okay, verse, uh, we, we, gotta go, we gotta go 19. Verse 19. Um, watch this. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. But don't, don't forget you know, Jesus said that if you've seen the Father, you've seen me, that he is in me and that I am in him, right? So uh, verse 19, for God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ and through him, he reconciled everything to himself, right? And so through Christ, he reconciled, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross, okay? Now watch this. This sounds oddly familiar. Don't forget, Jesus was the one who said that if you've seen the Father, you've seen me, I'm in him. He's in me. Right now. Watch this. Let's go to second Corinthians. This is very important. It's just it's just amazing how, how, how it all ties together when you read the book. Go to second Corinthians. This page is red. I got to get to second Corinthians um, 517. This is one of our this is one of impacts favorite scriptures right here. Watch this. Second Corinthians 517. Um, and, 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 and we'll keep reading down. This means uh, that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. Watch this. Here we go. This is where it comes. Watch this. For God, watch this. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. Do you see that? Did you, did you guys hear what I just said? Watch this. I'll go back. Verse 19. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against him. That sounds just like where we were here in Colossians, uh, where, it says for, um, and where it says, for God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. Watch this. And through him, God reconciled everything through himself. He made peace with everything. Okay, I'm going to go back to, to, to 2 Corinthians 5.19. He says, for God was in Christ, reconciling the world back to himself, uh, no longer counting people's sins against him. Watch this. Then he gave us 
this wonderful message of reconciliation. Watch this. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us that now the same thing that we saw in the whole redemption story reestablished here in Colossians, in Colossians 19, where it says, for God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ and through him, God reconciled everything to him. He is now doing that same very thing that we see written in Colossians. He is now doing that, what? Through us, as it says in 2 Corinthians, he says, so we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ who never sinned to be offering for our sins so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Almost the exact, it's not the exact same like word for word verbatim, but the exact same message in Colossians when he's talking about the same ministry of reconciliation given to us that he gave to Jesus Christ. And so what's interesting is, is that if, 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 if your purpose, you know, you know how I feel about this whole stuff about purpose and mission and surveys, but if your, if your purpose does not line up with reconciling people back to Christ, it is very possible that you have thought yourself out of your mission or out of your assignment or whatever word you want to use to call it, because literally it is saying that, that, that he has given us this, that he has given to us the ministry of reconciliation, the same one that he gave Jesus to reconcile man back to him. And so if whatever it is, I think that I'm called to do does not involve reconciling people back to God. It is possible that I'm missing the thing that God has given, that God was doing through Jesus and now wants to do through me. Okay. Amen. Um, oh man, it's already 758. Okay. Uh, we're going to read a little bit more through Colossians. Uh, and some of it I may just get back to uh, uh, next week. Verse 21, he says, he says, this includes you who were once afar from God. Uh, it sounds almost like Ephesians when we talked about uh, adoption, right? You were his enemies, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now he has what? Reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ Jesus in his physical body. Now, remember, it, it, there's, there, there, there's no uh, mistake or happenstance or anything that he says through his physical body. Because remember, a lot of the debate was, who was Christ? Was he divine? Uh, was he human? Uh, you know, uh, was he more of an essence of, uh, that was hovering over or influencing the human man who they called Jesus? And so he says, no, Christ Jesus through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he said he has brought you uh, into his own presence and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. Watch this. Oh man, we may, we're definitely gonna pick up here from 23, but I'll read it now anyway. But watch this, but you must what? Continue to believe this truth and stand firmly on it. Don't drift away from the assurance you received when you heard the good news. The good news has been preached all over the world and I, Paul, have been appointed as God's servant to proclaim it. Okay, we'll pick up from, um, from I think 23 uh, next week on Tuesday. And, um, and, and, and keep going through Colossians. And I'm telling you, it's amazing because you read through this and, and, and you look at the language used by Paul and you can see it from what Jesus said. You can see it from other teachings of Paul, but you can literally go to the book of Revelation and see the same exact thing. And it was just amazing to me in my studies to, 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 uh, to look at that and to, and to, and to compare it and see, um, and see just uh, 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 how he did that. Now, what's interesting too is remember, he talked about how, I, I don't, I'll leave on this because this isn't in the, in the notes, but I, when I was studying it, uh, um, I came to this. Um, remember how he talked about how through him, all things were created and all things were created for him. Um, isn't it amazing how, how even in God already being in the present, and knowing what the present is, and we're living it out, that he still isn't done creating. Watch this, Revelation 21, 5. Remember, he says that he created all things, and all things through him was created. Revelation 21, 5, watch this. And the one sitting on the throne said, look, I am making everything new. He is created, still have yet 
he still has not finished creating all that he's going to create. Once revelate, once we get to this point in human history, he's going to what? Write and make everything new. And he said to me, write this down for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. He also said it is finished. I am the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty, I will freely give from the springs of water of life. All who are uh, victorious will inherit all these blessings and I will be their God and they will be my children. That, that from the beginning of time, the same one who was there with creation and created all things for his pleasure created will create again and will make all things new. I mean, that thing blessed me so much um, just from studying this book uh, of Colossians. So we'll jump back into Colossians on Tuesday. Again, this weekend, we're going to be um, uh, back on the streets. Anybody want to help do any of that stuff with, uh, with the homeless people, but you're trying to figure out how you can help, you can text me or text Sierra, uh, or email email at gmail.com, um, and we'll do that. Um, and this will be up on Buzzsprout uh, 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 tonight, and everything else should already be up there. And uh, yeah, let's pray. 